Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series called Brace for Impact. Oftentimes, we find ourselves with many reasons for why we don't serve God. Over the course of this series, we'll zoom in to examine the lives of four individuals in the Bible who each had their own struggles with serving. We aim to discover how God is calling each of us to work for Him and has uniquely wired us for the task ahead. First Samuel chapter 17 verses 34 through 37. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep, sheep and goats. He said, if a lion or a bear comes and steal one of the lambs from the flock, I'll go after it with a club and save the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I'll catch it by its jaw and club it to death. I have done this both to lions and bears, and I'll do the same to this pa- pagan Philistine, for, for he has, for he has okay, defied the armies of the living God. So, uh, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, and may the Lord be with you. Good job. Good job, man. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Miss Miley. You crushed it. Welcome. Yeah, you're... I think she likes the mic. You see that? She tried to walk off with it. She did a great job. Um, if you turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you have a Bible with you, um, you can turn into it. If you have your phone with you, you can use that. If you don't have anything with you, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you uh, that you can use. And today's going to be a little more interactive than normal. Um, how many of you like movies? Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, you don't have to raise your hand. I mean, don't be peer pressured into it. Uh, just curious. How many, how many of you have been to uh, like a full-on theater? Like not a movie, but like a theater, like where they acted out on a stage? Yeah, I was, funny story for you. Kirsten, when we were dating, she had this obsession with the play Wicked. Yeah. Anybody, do you know what that is? Okay. It's a pretty bum soundtrack, if I'm honest with you. Um, And I was like, "Ah, I don't know. She wanted to take me to the theater. And I said, I'm from New Kent County. What do you mean? What is this? No, we had a theater department at the school too, but, um, and we went, and man, it was majestic. So I'm, I don't have all those resources today, but we are going to try to act out today's story in front of you. We have been in a series for weeks about serving. Get in the Zone has been out there for now five weeks. Today is the last day for you to sign up to serve um, in this series. Obviously, if you come back September 5th, 
you can sign up to serve that day too. Um, but we're starting a big evangelism wave in September to reach our neighbors, to reach our coworkers. We want to see God touch the lives of people. Yeah, and um, so we've been talking about serving, but specifically why people don't serve. And I, I don't have time to recap all the, the weeks prior, but today we're talking about the last of, of the few we've been talking about, and that's this. Many people will not serve because they'll say, hey, pastor, I don't have the right tools. I don't have the right gifts. I don't have anything to offer. Have you ever heard someone say that? I've said it before. Um, uh, and, and I'm sure many of you have as well. What I want to look at today is 1 Samuel 17 and this story of David and Goliath, and I want to basically present this to you, that it's not about the tools in your hand, but the God powering the tools. Um, I have seen many people pass on serving God and uh, not obey God in serving. Because some of you have come here today and you know God is pulling you towards serving him. You feel it. And you are actively saying no to it because you think in your mind, I don't, I'm not qualified. I'm not, uh, Ian talked about that a couple weeks ago with Moses. I'm not qualified. I don't, I don't have the right skill set Everybody say skill set. Thank you. And so I want to look at this story. I want to act out this story. I want to get us to um, the point here. Uh, this whole 1 Samuel 17, we're really, really reading through a narrative here. I wonder who the biggest person in this room is. Height. Ooh. Hey, Mr. Wayne. Can I use you today? All right, come here. Come on up here. There, yeah, this is Wayne Williams. Everybody give Wayne Williams a hand. Hey, brother, I'm going to have you stand right over here next to this rail. All right. And I want you guys to meet Goliath. Now, who is the smallest person I have in here? Ooh, we have a ton of small little people in here, don't we? Let's see, let's see. All right, come on up. Come on up. Not you, Mr. Jerry. The little boy over here. What's going on? You are little, though. You are little. I'll give you that. Here, you can come over here, Elijah. And I want you to stand right here at the front of this thing. All right, now, um, now, that looks about right. To zoom into the story here in verses 1 through 10 of 1 Samuel 17, we have the people of Israel, who is, who, their king is Saul. Everybody say Saul, King Saul. Um, and Saul, let me get my Bible. I'm going to read some stuff to you. They are in a standoff with these Philistines, Okay. Over here, and basically, they're they're at what the Bible calls um, 
they're camped between Soka in Judah and Azekah in Ephes, okay? It's the Valley of Elah, okay? And I didn't just give a message in tongues. That's just the places they were. That would have, that would have been funnier in a Pentecostal church. Um, and so... Um, there's this green valley. It's lush. It's beautiful. And they've got one set. Israel is up on this mountaintop. I tell you what, t- take a couple steps up here so we can see you. You're real tiny. Okay, good. Good. You look taller now. You're about as tall as he is now. Look at that. They're standing on separate mountaintops. They're standing on separate mountaintops. You'll, oh, come over here a little bit. They can't see you online. We need, you, we need people to see you. Wayne has served this church for a long time, but today's Goliath. We'll talk about Wayne later. Can you see him? Okay. All right, so let's work our way through this story because I think what you're gonna see in this story is that many thought David, what's up, David? Ow. <laughs> what was that about? This is unrehearsed. If you can tell, David, many would look at David. Come here. Come here for a second, Elijah. Stand right next to Goliath over here. Now, the height difference isn't quite right, but we'll get there in a second. So they're standing here on opposite mountains. And so the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other. This is verse 3. On opposite hills with the valley between them. Okay, go back over there. We got to get the valley between you. Thank you, sir. Then Goliath, a Philistine, a champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. How tall are you? Six three. Six, three. Okay. So you're three feet short. It's all right. God will still use you. No, you can. Yeah, go ahead and take a couple steps up. Let's see. One, two, one more. Easy now. There you go. Okay, come here. I just want people to see something. Now, you just stay right there. Now, let's see. Anybody five foot even? Anybody five foot tall? Five, three, five foot. All right, come here. Come here. Come here. I just want y'all to see the height difference. I want y'all to see the height difference. All right, stand right there. Now, look, Wayne looks like he could take somebody on. I'm not going to lie to you. He looks like an ornery guy. And I think it's all his years working on cars. He looks like he could handle himself, and I wouldn't fool with him. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't fool with you, Wayne. I wouldn't do it. Now, many people would look at someone this size, and they would say, there's no way. There's no way. And that's basically what's going on. Okay, thank you. You can sit down. You can come over here and stand. Now, um, Goliath, uh, over nine feet tall, his armor, the estimates um, range from 150 to 200 pounds. His armor weighed. Um, he had uh, a spear he had, uh, that was heavy, thick like a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead. The spearhead itself weighed 15 pounds. Big guy. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to all the Israelites, and this is what he said. 
Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose you one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Now watch this. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Let me explain a couple things. Um, Saul's in a little bit of a predicament here. Have you ever been in a group of people and um, in, in whatever particular environment? And um, uh, let, me, let me paint it this way. When I go to a restaurant to eat and it's time to say the prayer, who does everybody expect to pray? Oh, Yeah. It doesn't matter who I go, it doesn't matter if I'm with family, friends, if you took me out to dinner today and it was time to pray, every one of you would look across the table and say, let's let the pastor pray. That's what we pay him to do. <laughs> and so people just, people expect you to step up because that's what you do. Saul, according to 1 Samuel 14, stood a foot taller than every other Israelite. He had won battles in the past. Saul was their champion. And then we see something happen just in the previous chapter of 16. Saul was worried for a couple reasons. One, everybody was looking to him. Everybody was looking to him. Because he was the one of all of them that should step up to do this. But something happened in 16 that I think it's very important when we talk about serving the Lord and why people don't serve the Lord, why they may be scared to serve and feel unequipped. In 1 Samuel 16, right behind 17, because that's how numbers work. We read that the spirit of the Lord left Saul. You know what left when the spirit left? Every bit of his courage. And you see it here, right here in the text. It says, Saul and the Israelites heard this and they were terrified and deeply shaken. So this is a bad situation. And this situation goes on for, anybody know how many days? Any guesses? It can be interactive. It's family Sunday. Any little kids know? Pick a number between one and a hundred. Close. What's 10 times four? Boom. 40 days. Now, Goliath, Goliath wasn't unusually tall for the time, especially according to his, um, the people he was from. If you go back 400 years to Joshua, the land was known for guys this big. You remember when they sent, before they went into Canaan, uh, the Israel's headed to the promised land, okay? Israel gets there, they send some spies in and see if they can take over the land. And they said, no, we can't do that, they're too big. It's because of guys like Goliath here. He was a big man, and David was little. So um, let me make sure I don't, don't miss anything. Uh, 
At one time, Saul was a fierce, successful military leader, but when the spirit departed him in 1 Samuel 16, when the spirit left, so did his courage. And then now, in verses 12 through 15, we meet David. David, come up here, because I, I want everybody to see you. David was the youngest of his brothers. How many of you are the youngest in your family? Okay, so you know what that's like. He was the youngest. And by, by all recollection and understanding, he was also the smallest. And so David uh, was young. He was a shepherd. That's what you do. You, what do shepherds do? Do you know? They do like take care of sheep. That's right. That's right. They take care of sheep. Um, and he was also a musician. Do you play instruments? Not that often. No, that's okay. Do you play the radio? Okay, good. Now, some of y'all can't do that, so I don't know why you're laughing, okay? Some of y'all can't even play the radio right. Uh, I'm serious. So he's a young, he's a musician, um, and he watches sheep, okay? And he is not unfamiliar to Saul. So uh, we meet David in 12 through 15. Uh, We go to 16 through 21. Um, this goes on for 40 days. The armies are gathered at the hillsides, okay? Okay, you stand over here. Hey, Wayne, can you shift back over to that post over there? This is the worst theater job I've ever done. Here, come over here. All right? You can stand right there and hold on to that post. All right, you get down there on the floor. That's good. They stood on the mountaintops on either side yelling at each other for 40 days. Some of y'all's houses look like that, (laughs) depending on the time of the year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, When things get tense, sometimes they're just, so anyway, they're yelling at each other. They're throwing threats back and forth at one another, and this is what it looks like. The armies come, they yell at each other, and then Goliath parades out front, and the Bible says the soldiers would flee. People were terrified. And they didn't know how this thing was going to end. Um, Let's look at 22 through 24 real quick. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to meet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion uh, from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout about his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run in fright. Okay, these folks are afraid. David has shown up at the camp. And he's watching, one, he's watching his brothers Run away. He's watching the armies of Israel run away, scared from this fight. Because Goliath is talking all kinds of smack. Are you a smack talker? When you play sports, do you talk smack? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. See? See, he, he, he was our softball guy back in the day. He was coach, okay? So you, you know, he's, you don't, you don't want to mess with him. You don't want to mess with Wayne. Unless you need car work, then, then you call Wayne. He's a great mechanic. But don't call Goliath. Goliath just killed people. No good on cars, I guess. I don't know. They didn't have cars. 
Should have wrote that down. Don't mention cars. Okay. Dreadfully afraid. Um, and then David says something. I want you to watch this. In verse 25, have you seen the giant, the men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give the man one of his daughters, uh, he will give the man one of his daughters for a wife and the man's entire family for uh, exempt Uh, will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing nearby, watch what David says. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy who? The armies of the living God. David had a perspective difference. The rest of the armies, the rest of Israel, and you will see this in church today. You will see this in church today. Many people will not serve because they don't feel equipped because their minds aren't equipped with the Spirit. Their perspective is all jacked up. And so the armies of Israel are saying, hey, we can't do this. Look how big he is. Look at their armies. Look at the stuff he's wearing. This guy is scary. Look at your neighbor say scary. The rest of the kids in the room, get ready. I'm going to need some more Philistines. I mean, uh, Israelites here in a second. We're not giving Goliath any more help. Okay. David saw things from the Lord's perspective. But the men of Israel saw things only from man's perspective. All they saw was in the physical And if you take the things that we do here as just physical, as just temporal, it will affect your perspective on what we're doing. When God is calling you to serve, when God is calling you to to go to work for him and obey him in doing something, if you're looking at it carnally, if you're looking at it with your own eyes, it's going to look too big, it's going to look too scary, and like you just, you're not equipped for the job. You're You're going to feel that way. Naturally. The work we do here is eternal. You realize that? The work we do here is eternal. It doesn't just make a difference in the now. It makes a difference in eternity. Yeah. And we have to be like David. We have to be like David in this sense. Because most of us, generally speaking, are the Israelites. You are not David In this story, you would be the Israelites running in fear, doubting. So, David says, who's this guy that he's allowed to do this? 28 through 30, uh, we see this little altercation between uh, David and one of his brothers. All right, who has siblings? Anybody have siblings? Okay. How many of you like them? Okay, good. I have siblings too. It depends on the day whether I like them or not. I'm just kidding. Um, David is having a fight with his big brother, Eliab. And Eliab basically comes out. So not only does David come out and his perspective's right, he's like, who is this guy? 
that he can make fun of the armies of the living God and his brother comes at him with three different false accusations. And it obviously hurt David. Um, He's falsely accused in 28 through 30. Uh, David's older brother Eliab heard David talking to the men and he got angry. What are you doing here anyway? He demanded. What are... Uh, What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see battle. David looked at him and said, what have I done now? I was only asking a question. Boy, I bet that sounds like a lot of the fights you get in. Yeah, you know. And you know what was going on here? Eliab was the oldest brother and he was, suppo- he was a big dude, too. He was supposed to be the guy running into battle. He was supposed to be the stronger guy. And here comes his little pipsqueak brother talking all this smack, talking all this boldness and courage. Some of y'all know that about the younger siblings. They all they just, just run them out. But David was doing it in the confidence of the Lord. Um, 31 and 32, uh, we see uh, then David questioned his report. So David's confidence and courage in the Lord came back to Saul. Um, and uh, in 32, we see, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Can, can your pastor speak to you candidly? No? Okay, good. It's one thing for you to say, hey, this should be done. I get those calls all the time. I get them all the time. Hey, this should be done. It's a completely different conversation when someone says, hey, I'll go do that. This is the attitude of someone who has the Lord's perspective. They're not afraid to go do something. They do more than see the issue. They say, I'll go do it. David said, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. I'll go fight. And Saul looks at him. Saul, who's also a big guy, looks at David. David, come here. I wish I had brought my jacket out here. I was going to do something cool, but I forgot it. Don't worry. Saul looks at David and says, there's no way. That's foolish. As a matter of fact, You want me to tell you what he said? Yeah, I know you did. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since he was a youth. Real encouraging, right? Especially from the guy who's been running from him for 40 days. But David persisted. This is what David said. You know what you said? Listen. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion and a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. Everybody say tool. Yeah, you see that club? He used a, used a club. And rescued the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Woe is right. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too. He has defied the armies of the living God. If you outline in your Bible or highlight, you underline this right here. The Lord who rescued me. 
Did he say his club rescued him? Did he say that in his own might, he rescued himself? No, what did he say? He says right here in 37, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. It wasn't about, yes, okay, yeah, yeah. Look, Goliath's a big guy. He's got to take a rest. Hear me today. When God is asking you to serve him, when he's asking you to be obedient to the things he's called you to, and you go to do it, you have to understand a couple things. It's not the club in your hand. It's not about the tool you have. It's about the God you serve. You see, he didn't say, I rescued myself. He said, the Lord rescued me. He realized very quickly where the power of his, his uh, success was. And when we're talking about being successful and serving, our success comes from the Lord. What you offer him is inconsequential con- con- compared to his power. Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead, and may the Lord be with you. So then we see this scene roll out, and I couldn't figure out a way to pull this off, but basically, Saul came up to to David and put on his armor. So I'm a big guy, okay, I'm a a bigger guy. I like donuts. I had Chinese donuts last night. Do you know what those are? No, I'm saying that before. Yeah, tell your parents to order Chinese tonight and get you some fried donuts from Lynn's Asian Bistro. That's not a plug. We weren't paid to say that. They're very good. It's just between me and you. Nobody else is hearing this. Okay. They were bummed. They were so good. That's why I'm this big. Okay. So Saul goes to David and he says, um, here's all my armor. Here's my If I were to take this shirt off and put it on you, one, everybody would log off. (laughs) But also, it'd be too big for you, wouldn't it? Yeah. So just picture David wearing this grown man's gear and heavy sword. Saul gave him in 38 his, his own armor, bronze helmet, coat of mail, basically a a, a very heavy vest, metal vest. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. Because, for he had never worn such things before. And he looks at Saul and he says, I can't go in these, I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Some of us find ourselves, when it's time to serve the Lord, wishing we had somebody else's armor on. Or we, we think, or sometimes when we want people to serve, we try and put other things on them. Um, here, here, here's what I'm telling you today. Uh, David didn't need Saul's armor. And I'm convinced that even if he hadn't walked out there with a slingshot and five rocks, Just his obedience in walking out there, the Lord would have taken care of it. I have to believe that. 
So he takes off all Saul's stuff, says, I don't know anything about this armor. And then he goes down. Okay, we need some Israelites. Every kid in this room, I want you to get up and come up here. This is going to be a circus. Come on. Come on. Okay, hold on. Stand down here. Baby, you stand down here. Y'all keep all the Israelites right down here. All right. Look at them. Hey, I'd go to battle with these guys. Yes, I would. All right, you go down with them. Now, it's almost time, Goliath. It's almost showtime for you. Just to be clear, I know none of you watch MMA fights. I know none of you watch that type of vulgarity. But if you did, what you might see is a lot of betting. A lot of betting goes on in in the MMA world, in the sports world in general, right? Because there's always what would appear to be a favored person to win, correct? By all fleshly means, Goliath is favored to win this fight in the physical, hands down. There is no way David over here can take on this guy hand to hand and beat him. In the physical, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I am downloading. But David, you wouldn't know that from David's courage. And so all the Israelites are over here. What's up, Israelites? That scared me. Y'all have got David's back, right? Yeah, okay, good. They got your back. Don't worry. The Israelites have in his back primarily because they don't want to be in the fight. Um, the biggest person David has supporting him in his power is Goliath. I mean, uh, God. They both start with G. Now, there's no spiritual significance to that. Uh, them both starting with G. Um, David shucks off this armor. He goes to a brook. He finds five rocks. I don't have any rocks. I don't even have a slingshot. Hey, do you have that slingshot? Yeah, go get it. After church, if you think you're good with a slingshot, we've got a little test for you in the cafe. Um, It involves marshmallows, not rocks, because rocks and windows don't go together. And what we're about to find out here shortly is that rocks and foreheads don't go together either. Do you like that? Okay. Nobody else is listening now. They're all waiting for lunch. Now, Goliath has armor, sword, spear, monstrously tall. This guy has been embattled, okay? This guy has been in war for a long time. All right, yeah, this is gonna be good. Okay, here. Okay, I don't know if the rocks were this big or not, but. I don't think they're that soft either. Yeah, I don't think the rocks. What? Okay, here, take this. We're going to get him good. Watch. Here. I wish you had a pouch. Here, I'll tell you what. Take your whole pouch. 
Take your old pouch. It's going to be good. Shh. Huh? No, you want one? Okay, yeah. It's not snack time, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I told you this was going to be, it's going to get off the rails. We got to hurry and kill you. Now, I'm sorry. That was off color. That's all right. We're not going to actually kill him, folks. This isn't, don't worry, online. Everybody's like, oh, what kind of church is that? About to put a man down in service. Um, all right, come over here. David, the next step in the story, because I got to close. We got to go. I appreciate you doing this. I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Well, I know what the Bible says. I'm just, all right, now. No, we're not going to shoot it. We might. I don't know. Just whatever the Lord tells you to do. Now. <laughs> Look at me. Here's the tool. This guy walks up to a monstrous, strong, evil man with a slingshot and five smooth stones. Have you ever wondered why he picked five smooth stones? Do you, well, do you think he needed five shots? No. no. You know why? Goliath had four brothers. Did, yeah, they killed him about a few verses down. David came prepared to knock the whole thing out. His confidence was even past Goliath. His confidence was in the Lord. Get ready. Okay. I can see everybody's on the edge of their seats. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him. Am I a dog? So Goliath gets upset immediately. You sent this guy out here to me? Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. I can almost picture it as his voice thunders through these mountains. Hey, David, you ready? You're about to talk some boss smack here in a second. Look, Israel's watching. Israel's ready. They're like, they've got their popcorn. They're like, Goliath's about to eat this dude up. This is going to be awful. Call David's daddy. Get him to the front lines. This thing's over. David, growing in boldness, growing in courage, courage in his own equippedness, you like that word? I don't know if it's real. Growing in his skill as a slingshot? No. Look, David looks the Philistine in the face and he says, you've come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin. Oh, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of, the hev of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You ready, Israel? You ready? Today, the Lord will conquer you. Everybody say, the Lord. 
and I will kill you and cut off your head. We're not going to do that either. Hold on. This is a little violent. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. Was he concerned with winning um, a new wife? No. Was he concerned with getting riches for his family? No. He was concerned with one thing alone. When I leave this valley today, I'm not going to be known as the sharpest slingshot shooter in town, but they're going to know that my God is living and real. This is what service looks like. This is what obedience looks like. We don't come here for pats on the back and to get our names on a plaque. And that rhyme, man, that was good. That must have been the Holy Spirit. In serving the Lord, it will not only direct our church family's attention towards the Lord, the enemies of God, their attention. Well, now, they will have to confess. Every knee will bow. And what we'll find out is Goliath's face will hit the ground before the Lord. You don't have to do that, Wayne. You don't have to do that. Huh? Oh. <laughs> okay, watch what happens. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. As Goliath moved in for the attack, move in, Goliath, move in for the attack. I don't know what that looks like, but whatever you feel. Yeah, he's going to get him. Watch out. Watch out. David quickly ran to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling at the Philistine in the head. It's go time. Okay. Hey! Hey! Watch out! Goliath, you can go sit down. That was perfect timing. And if you hang around, he might cut your head off. All right, Israel, you can go sit down with your parents. As the band comes back, oh, here they come. They knew. The band said, he, we've got to get him out of here. We've got to shut this down. Verse 50 says this, so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him, cut off his head. If we just take a literal interpretation of this. You may would say, Carl, you telling us we need to go kill our enemies and cut their heads off? Well, no. 
I only have one thing I need you to do. Hey, look up here. Kids, hear me. When someone looks at you and says, you're not smart enough, you're not big enough, or your family's too complicated for you to affect God's work. Every kid in this room, hear me, God can use you right where you're at. You don't have to, look, you don't have to be a a fancy speaker or be able to play guitar or shred the drums like my friend over here. God has already gifted you and wired you to use you right where you are. It's not about the tools. It's not about having the right tools. It's about having the right God. Oh. Adults, kids, hear me. David, the youngest, the smallest. By by all definition, we would say he was not he did not have the right tools for the job. But because God had done it for him before with the lions and the bears, he'd already seen God do it. And he knew it wasn't in his own might. He was able to walk up in front of a giant. And while everyone else, everyone else, his brothers, his family was against him. The kings, the leaders were saying, no, this is no way. It's impossible. While everyone else said, look at Goliath, he's too big. Look at Goliath, there's too much. It's, 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 there's no way it can happen, they're too mean, they're too scary. Look, look at what I'm facing, it's, it's not possible. David looked at God and he said, look at God. How can he not do it? Anything is possible, not because of your ability, not because of your tools. Some of you would consider yourself too simple. You say, I'm just a simple person, man. I'm not too, let me tell you, it was, it's a simple smile in the parking lot that could let someone see Jesus. And you could do that next Sunday. It's a simple handshake when someone walks in that door, discouraged, and you saying, I'm so glad that you're here. That will all of a sudden, the power of Christ will reach right through your voice. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be uber gifted or have the right tools. No, it's not in the tools. The power of our service is in God and how he equips the tools he has given you and I and every one of you today have one. So as we get ready to sing and as we get ready to worship and then we're gonna close and go home, I pray today that you, like David, will begin to see serving the Lord the way David did Meaning, God is going to empower you to do exactly what he has called you to do. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. 
And, and then, this is always the next question I get. This is always the next question. Well, does God do it or do I do it? The answer to both is yes. The answer to both is yes. God uses you and God absolutely does all of it right behind you. Yeah. He's waiting. Oh, he can use you. You know that? He can use you right where you are. Sitting in the waiting room at the mechanic shop. He can use you as you walk out of this place today when you're buying a hot dog from Wawa. He can use you. If you don't buy hot dogs from Wawa, you should. Hear my heart today. You will never know how miraculous God can work until you step in. Would you do that today? Would you step in? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for your spirit working in and through us. We love you. We know that we need you. We know you're calling us to something bigger than we are. Would you help us to serve you in the right way? Would you help us, God, to know that it's not in, in, in what we have in our hands, but that we have you in our hearts, empowering us to do all that you've called us to do. We love you, and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.